Apple's Worldwide Developers Conference is fast approaching, which means we're seeing more reports about Apple's reality headset. In this episode of the Macworld Podcast, we talk about the latest rumblings about Apple's new platform, how it will be powered, what software it will run, and if it could possibly blow us away. That's all in this show. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Macworld Podcast. I'm Ron Loyola here with Jason Cross. Good morning. And Michael Simon. Hello, sir. We're about, what, six weeks away from WWDC? Yeah. About right, yeah. And the rumor mill, it's it's uh, in full force right now. Um, most of our shows leading up to WWDC will cover the rumors and reports about Apple and the possible products that we'll see. The rumored marquee product of the keynote is supposed to be this reality headset. Uh, we dedicate a whole show about it in January, but since then, a lot more has come out, so we're going to spend this show catching up on what we've heard. I thought we'd start the conversation in a broad sense, and then we can drill down to more specifics. A tweet by Evan Blass about a week ago said that the latest hardware and firmware of Apple's headset has improved the experience so much from earlier this year that one of Blass's sources is, quote, blown away, unquote. And this was apparently a source who had seen it some uh, weeks earlier, a couple months earlier, and uh, was, this is somebody within Apple, and, and thought it wasn't there. It wasn't delivering a good experience. It wasn't becoming a gotta have it product. That also sounds like the kind of thing that Apple leaks to drum up excitement. I don't know. <laughs> there was also that report. Apple had a meeting of of managers there and to demo the uh, headset and people were left wondering if they really should be doing this. Maybe I'm uh, overstating uh, what, what happened. I think that, that's pretty accurate. I mean, it, it's all been kind of vague, these like unsourced uh, kind of accounts of the, of the headset. But Blast's was interesting because, for one, he's not really an Apple leak. Like, he'll, he'll leak iPhone stuff close to an event and things like that. But he's, he's an Android guy, you know, Samsung, Motorola, Google, things like that. Like, he's fairly trustworthy in that world. And I believe that you know, had he not trusted the information, he probably wouldn't have shared it. So, and you know, it's still vague, and we don't know who this person is or what you know what experience they had with it. But it basically said, "Hey, you know, this was, as the reports say, kind of like, well, what is this thing supposed to be? This newest version, whenever that was, say a week ago, two weeks ago, I don't know, was like, all right, this is a polished, it's it's, it's a fully realized, ready to go polished thing." Which is exciting. We'll see. I mean, who knows? I, I've, I don't think I've ever been more both completely and totally uninterested, and I can't wait to see this thing <laughs> in my life for an Apple product. It's hard when you can't see what the experience is going to be like. Like this is it's it's kind of like when televisions are new and you have to read in a newspaper what it's like to watch TV. So it's like the, it's that same sort of thing where it's like it's an experience that you fundamentally requires you to see it and hear it with your own ears and eyes. Should we should we not assume that everybody knows what this thing is and is going to be and just kind of do a broad rundown of Yeah, Jason, if you could the device itself. What is this thing? It's presumed to be called either Reality Pro or Reality 1. 
and it's it's possible reality one is going to be the name of the next follow-on less expensive model and this is apple's first stab at this it's expected to be like three grand is the price everyone keeps throwing around Pro- they, they hope that this is eventually going to supplant the iphone as the big apple product but that that's expected to take years and uh, and it's going to start slow and expensive and get more affordable and broader and more capable and stuff over time apple's not expecting to come out of the gate sell you know 10 million of these in the first year at 3 grand right it's a vr slash ar slash mr <laughs> headset basically you put it on your face it's strap it to your head it's like a people describe it as a sleek pair of ski goggles essentially uh the weight is supposed to be somewhere in the 300 to 400 gram ballpark maybe less which is light that is uh compared to other vr headsets and stuff very lightweight um and it's going to have multiple cameras facing all kinds of different directions and multiple other external sensors like lidar and such on the outside to track and map your environment just the way same way your iphone if you have a pro iPhone with has LiDAR and you run an AR app and you have to move it around a little bit and then it kind of makes a 3D map of your immediate environment so that the thing you're doing can like rest on a table or whatever. It's going to do that all the time in every direction. Uh, even have cameras kind of pointing down so it can see your legs so that your virtual avatar in apps can have accurate leg movement and stuff. It will track your hands and your fingers to do interaction with stuff. And then on the inside, a pair of 4K OLED displays. That's not 8K. Two 4Ks is not 8K. Four 4Ks is 8K. <laughs> so two, uh, each eye, a 4K OLED display, micro OLED display with a lens and sensors to track your eye movement. So it can tell where you're glancing and do things like foveated rendering to have like better performance by rendering the stuff in your peripheral vision less uh, uh, less with less detail. And even do things like their equivalent of touch ID and face ID will be a, a, like a retina scan. It'll be an eye scan, you know, uh, and that's how you'll authenticate yourself for stuff. In terms of h- hardware, it will run some process, some SOC that we have heard is kind of like an M1. It might be an M1. It might be an M2. <laughs> it might be its own thing. It wouldn't surprise me if it was an M2 sort of with limited clock speeds and voltages to keep the power consumption and heat down a bit. And, um, and it's supposed to have a second separate processor that's a new thing. That has been called the reality processor. That is all it does is what they call sensor fusion, taking all the data from all these cameras and lidars and eye tracking, all that, and tying it together, stitching it together, processing it on its own. It's dedicated to doing that extraordinarily fast so that the CPU and the GPU and stuff in the regular SOC is running applications. We have no idea what the interface for this looks like, except that you'll manipulate it with your hands, not holding controllers. 
and uh, it will have all kinds of apps that you're used to. Everything comes pre-installed on your iPhone, basically gets a version <laughs> for this thing. Maps, messages, all kinds of stuff. It will apparently run iPad apps. Most iPad apps completely unchanged, but some with minor changes like in floating windows, you know. Okay. And the most recent rumor uh, is reiterating that the, the battery will not be integrated. The battery will be a separate battery pack you stick in your pocket or something. It's about the size of a deck of cards. It's about the size of the MagSafe battery pack for iPhone. Um, and it will have a cable that goes from the battery pack to the headset and latch in and you like twist it clockwise to lock it in place so it doesn't like fly off when you just turn your head. And uh, that battery pack should power it for about two hours, they say. So expect Apple to sell extra battery packs so that you can use it longer. And you recharge the battery packs with USB-C. Could you quickly explain the differences between AR, VR, and, and MR? I, I think most of our audience knows, but just in case people are wondering, that also comes into play as to what Apple will initially release. Yeah, this is expected to be – people call it a mixed reality device or VR and AR. And it does it all. Um, <laughs> basically, VR is the easy one. We have a bunch of products out there now. PlayStation VR headset, Oculus, which is meta, has several generations of them. Valve Index, you know, HTC Vive. You put a thing in front of your eyes, it blocks out your view of the entire world, and – it renders 3D graphics to make a completely virtual environment. Everything you're looking at is computer-generated graphics. And it has to track your head and everything so that it – very, very quickly so that every little motion of your head moves your field of view correctly. But you're looking at a completely 3D fake environment. That's VR. You can use controllers or whatever. You might have external sensors to track your head movement. They might be built into the headset. None of that matters. If everything you're looking at is fake and it blocks out your view of the real world, that's VR. Augmented reality is you're looking at the real world and virtual objects are placed in it in a way that is sort of correct, right? Like if there's a table there, it doesn't clip through the table. It's either resting on the table or under the table or whatever. So it has to make some sort of rough 3D map of your environment. And it has to let you look at your environment and it puts 3D objects in it. And those can be things like floating text or a sign or it can be arrows leading you somewhere or it can be virtual object. It doesn't matter. You know, anything you can computer draw, but it's drawn into the real world. And that can be a clear lens you look through with like an integrated display. That's what HoloLens does, Microsoft's HoloLens. I believe that's what Magic Leap does as well. Or it can be like a VR headset, except with cameras on the outside and it feeds the camera's view into your the view of the headset. Just perspective corrected to look like when you're looking outside at the real world. And there are some headsets that kind of do that now. They do a poor job. The The latest Meta Quest Pro does that not really well. It's more just to make sure I don't knock into things when I'm doing VR kind of thing. It's not meant to do augmented reality. But 
that's their general thing. And that is what is expected. The, this reality pro is expected to do. You won't look through the headset at the real world. You'll look at screens showing a video feed of the real world, a real time camera feed of the real world. Uh, then there's mixed reality. Nobody can seem to agree on what mixed reality means. <laughs> the definitions from companies like Microsoft and Intel and everything conflict with each other and are so vague as to be meaningless. Like Intel says that mixed reality brings together real world and digital elements, but that's what augmented reality is. Uh, it says it, it provides the ability to have one foot or hand in the real world and another in an imaginary place, breaking down basic concepts between real and imaginary, <laughs> offering an experience that can change the way you game and work today. I don't know what that is. That's a bunch of flowery marketing speak. That's not like a spec or a feature or anything that you can say, this is mixed reality. This is not. Breaking down the basic concepts between real and imaginary, I don't, I don't even know what that. I mean, it, it, it kind of seems that AR is MR. Exactly. So Microsoft, Microsoft, who makes mixed reality products and, and has HoloLens and stuff, they say it, quote, it liberates us from screen bound experiences by offering extinctual interactions with data in our living spaces and with our friends. I have no idea what an instinctual interaction with data is, but that sounds really boring <laughs> and dumb. And then they say, People may not even realize that the AR filters they use on Instagram are mixed reality experiences. It's like, wait, you just told us it freed us from screen bounding experiences. And now you're telling me that when I look at a, a filter on Instagram or Snapchat where I'm like wearing sunglasses and it follows my head, that's MR. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so, I mean, if that's the case, then an emoji is MR also. It, right, exactly. Which is, it's silly. The, now, if that's your definition of the term, then it's, the, the, the definition is meaningless. It's so broad as to be meaningless. So it's all over the place. And what I kind of get to is a lot of the early products that were not augmented reality, but put something in your view, like Google Glass. Google Glass did not draw graphics into reality. It put a little floating screen in front of one eye. It was flat. It didn't move around. It didn't like follow objects or get anchored in reality or anything like that. It was like a little window. It was like a little picture in picture window for your view that would do things like show maps and stuff, right? A lot of people called those things augmented reality when they weren't. They were heads up displays. They were just smart glasses. And because that happened and those things all came out and failed so bad, but people called them – erroneously called them augmented reality. Now, when real augmented reality products are coming out, I think the marketing people got together and said, well, we can't call them augmented reality. They're going to think they're crappy like Google Glass. They canceled Google Glass, right? <laughs> because it's, And it's just like a little window and you're on one eye. Like, we can't do that. We need a new term. So, they came up with mixed reality for things that are real augmented reality. <laughs> That's what it feels like to me. If you want to put a definition on it, uh, and everybody does, I think of it like this. Mixed reality is basically a superset of augmented reality. 
it's it's AR with a higher minimum standards for how you'll interact and, and the quality of things, right? So you can have augmented reality on your phone screen. And and they do. There's AR apps in the iPhone. And what it does is it you see a video feed of the real world on your screen, but it's got extra graphics on it that are anchored into the real world. And you can look at them from every perspective and stuff. Or like Microsoft said, those Snapchat and Instagram filters, you could call those AR. But mixed reality would be something like, no, I'm looking at the world with my own eyes and interacting with it with my hands. Either with a controller or not, but I'm actually like interacting with these objects. I'm not touching the screen. I'm not looking at a screen on my phone or my tablet. I'm looking through my eyes and I'm using things like with this. I'm seeing the world and I'm seeing digital objects interacting with that world and the objects. Call that mixed reality if you want. The point is Apple's headset will do all this. That last thing that Jason explained is what Apple's headset is going to primarily do. I'm sure there will be a VR component in the sense that developers will make games and apps. I think Apple's primary focus, if not its only focus, will be on the AR MR side. For the most part, yeah. Uh, it's expected that most of the apps and the way it will operate is you're looking at a camera feed of reality and walking around with this thing on your face and things are integrated into it. But it's supposed to have a dial on it, much like the digital crown on an Apple Watch that will let you gradually fade between seeing more reality and seeing no reality. And see, it's all VR. And some apps sound like they'll have VR or VR modes like FaceTime. FaceTime is going to have a mode where you're looking at a digital avatar of someone. And I'm sure there'll be an AR mode where they're standing in your living room or wherever you are. But there's also supposed to be like a meeting in a virtual meeting room with somebody. And that would be a separate virtual environment. And that makes a lot of sense. You see that all the time with people have Zoom backgrounds where they want to not show their back where they are, you know? So to do that in VR, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I think a lot of game developers and gaming is supposed to be a big component of this product. They're going to make a lot of VR experiences because games already do that. Games already are built around putting you in a separate world. You're looking on a screen, but they're already building completely virtual worlds for games all the time. So there are tons of existing VR games. Yeah, mostly for Steam uh, on PCs and Oculus Rift or Meta Rift, Meta Quest, Quest. To, I don't know. They keep changing their names. Um, so Apple has already uh, something called Reality Kit, which is, as far as I can tell, strictly AR. They also have AR Kit, which is obviously AR. I don't think, and I might be wrong because I'm not a developer, but I do not believe that there is an existing VR kit yet. But I have to assume if this thing releases, that would be coming. AR Kit's been around for a few years now. Uh, basically, since they ever since they put LiDAR on a phone. does work without LiDAR now. It is about doing AR apps on your phone. A lot of the technologies are similar. Uh, mapping a 3D environment and putting virtual objects, like anchoring them in a point in space and then having interactions with them. One of the things iOS 17 is meant to do 
is have like a massive update to reality kit, like huge number of new libraries. And it will probably incorporate for the headset things like VR. You can't do VR on your phone screen. It's going to incorporate all those things and it will have to incorporate new stuff they don't do today, like stereoscopic rendering. You have to render a left, a separate left and right eye view that is slightly askew to give you that sense of 3D depth and stuff. They don't do any of that now. So all, all that stuff is expected to come. It's expected to be part of the OS for this new headset. The appropriate features are going to come to iOS and iPad OS. It's going to be a massive update. This is apparently what Apple's been working on for years. It's in like a huge engineering effort for lots of people for years. I don't know how many people use AR apps on their phone. Like there's a maps component I've never used. The only time I ever use it is when there's a, a Apple event invitation because I had to get a QuickTime video of it to put it on our Twitter account. <laughs> That's like the only time I, I ever actually use it. I mean, it, it, it works. Like when I, like when I do that, it's, it's fast. It, it, it works well. So that kind of rudimentary technology taken to like the 10th power in this headset. I mean, it, it, it has the potential as Evan Blass's friend says, to like to really blow you away. Like it's something entirely new. One of the things that always comes up when people talk about AR is Pokemon Go because it's it's held up as an example of an AR app. And it's a little misleading because what people think of as Pokemon Go is you go out around in the real world, there's things on the map and you Interact, you know, you catch Pokemon and do battles and stuff like that by going to different places in the real world. That's just location based gaming. That has nothing to do with AR. There is a mode when you're catching Pokemon, you're flinging your little Pokeball at the Pokemon. There's a little toggle to switch on AR and that will change the fake graphic background to a video feed of your real world and it will take the Pokemon and anchor it on the ground or it's flying like up above it and you can walk around and see it from different sides and stuff like that. That's the only AR component and everyone turns it off because it kills your battery <laughs> and, and Pokemon go already kills your battery. Apple keeps a list. You know how they always have those stories, those uh, editorially produced stories of com- collections of apps. They have a collection of apps of AR apps on the app store. You can get a, a, an idea of what it means to have like a digital object interacting with your real world. There's been some cool ones. There's been things like some furniture companies. I think Ikea has a thing where like anything in the catalog in their app, you can hit a button and see it in actual size, like in your house. So you can say, well, how big is this chair? Will this fit in this spot? And it's pretty close. Yeah, it's within an inch or two. That's pretty cool. That's a good useful thing. I I can, I would bet like my annual salary that Pokemon Go will have a presence on this thing once it launches or or something like it, whatever the next version from that company is. N- Niantic. Like, I'm sure they'll be on board with this thing. They're doing a Monster Hunter game too, yeah. The product has reached a stage of maturity where they're starting to reach out to a key number of small outside developers to get them started working on stuff. And then after WWDC, the headset won't be out. But the cat will be out of the bag. All the frameworks will be there and stuff like that. And they'll be like, get started making your AR apps 
with AR kit, you'll be able to preview it on like your iPad and stuff. And then you'll get your dev kit with the hardware this fall so that they can have plenty of apps. This, this is expected to be the next big, like it's going to have its own app store and all that stuff. It's going to be, this is not like the Apple watch where you have, it's hard to even find an Apple watch app without installing an iPhone app that happens to have an Apple Watch component, you know? Like, this is not that. This is expected to be the next iPhone, iPad, Mac pillar. Yeah, uh, you brought up uh, battery life a couple of times when talking about this AR stuff. So, a report this week, Jason mentioned it before too, but we'll just kind of spotlight it because it sounds like an interesting component. So, the battery pack is supposed to have this kind of proprietary magnetic uh, lockable, um, I guess, port for lack of a better word, cable. Yeah. Connection. Yeah. You can connect it. Yeah. That you can interchange. Um, I'm sure there'll be $199 each or something like that. Maybe (laughs) more depending on the price, but based on that information, it sounds like this is a thing that Apple expects people to at least begin experimenting with outside. Like this isn't the Sony PlayStation VR where you, instead of playing PlayStation in your bedroom, you strap this thing on and you play a game. Like Apple wants this thing to be, seen they want people to walk around wearing it for, to be a portable device a wearable device like like like, like airpods airpods took off because people saw people wearing them At the first time we saw them it was a joke like twitter like it was a like the whole week like who's gonna wear these things they like it looks like airpods or uh, uh, ear pods and someone cut the tape the the cord off right but the more people that were seen wearing them, the more common they became, and then they became a hit. So I, th- that's going to be a similar strategy here. The problem is AirPods weren't three thousand dollars; <laughs> they were one hundred and twenty-nine bucks or uh, seventy-nine, whatever, fifty-nine. One of the rumors for this is that it will have a screen on the outside, on the front, that's meant to kind of show your eyes or a cartoon representation of your eyes or something like that. If you have cameras inside looking at your real eyes, the way your face around your eyes moves can predict what facial expression you're making. Are you smiling? Are you frowning? How your mouth is moving? So they can like properly render eyes and 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 give you facial expressions in your digital avatar of yourself and everything. That sounds expensive, <laughs> but it also alleviates that weirdness that other people have looking at you going like, well, are they looking at me? I can't tell what you're doing. Like, it looks really weird to have the whole top part of your face covered. I can't tell if you see what I'm d- doing here. And that's pretty smart. That's definitely one of the issues with all of these things is that when somebody's using any of these things, they're kind of in another world and you don't know. Unless, unless it's clear glasses like HoloLens where you can literally see them. That's one of those kind of little – uh, for lack of a better word, I'll call them delightful features that Apple does so well. Other people might have thought about it, might have tried it, might have done it in a kind of a clunky, like you say, cartoonish way. But if Apple can like really nail that part of it, and it doesn't look ridiculous, and it looks natural, that's going to instantly make this a thing that people are comfortable with having around them, which is important for something like this. One of Google Glass's main issues was that people were taking pictures of other people and they didn't know it. Like you, like you have to make it a device that people are comfortable to be around. It's certainly true that this will be doing that. <laughs> like expected to have a camera app to, to record photos and video of everything. But the entire way it works is those cameras are 
there's cameras feeding video essentially into the inside so the person inside can see the outside world. You're not looking through this thing. So yeah, I've never seen like a sort of VR mixed reality headset or something that has basically an outside display to that shows what you're doing on the inside, shows where your eyes are looking or whatever. That sounds like a really cool idea. Yeah, well, Apple is one of the few companies that can make a a, a, a Gen One device that's three thousand dollars and not fall flat on their face. They're, you know, you need to be an established, trusted, luxury type company to to even come close to pulling that off. Or you need to do what Microsoft and Magic Leap and everybody else did, which is pivot to enterprise an industry where somebody's going to buy not even $3,000, but 5000 or more per headset with special enterprise support and all this other stuff. And they're going to have custom applications and all this because it's meant for people on a factory line to go through, to you know, to train them on the steps that are going to do to repair this thing or build this thing or whatever, you know, it's absolutely not meant for public consumption. Yeah. I bet that, the average person doesn't even know those things exist. Like, I don't think if you said HoloLens, they would be like, what's that? People listening to this podcast may have heard of it, but my mom has no idea what a HoloLens is. (laughs) She knows what AirPods are. She knows what an Apple watch is. (laughs) And she will absolutely know what this thing is because I, I really wonder how Apple is going to handle things like marketing and stuff, because certainly the online marketing, the marketing to the tech community and stuff will be there. But are we going to ever see like a, are we going to see a TV ad? Because there's going to be limited supply. Even at that price, they're not going to manufacture so many that it's going to be a waiting list. They're not going to, they may manufacture a few tens of thousands in the first year and sell them all for sure. But, but do they still want to get TV ads out there to like get people used to this idea that this is a thing that you want? And then by the time Gen 2 comes out, somebody goes like, Oh, I'll spend. $1,500 on it, you know? I, I mean, I know. think they have to. I mean, like, I, I think I'm like luxury cars. Like, I watch a basketball game and I'll see a commercial for a $90,000 Mercedes, which I can't afford. And most people who watch the show can't afford. But, you know, I remember the name. And if they were to come out with a $50,000 one, maybe I would consider it. You know what I mean? Like, so I do think that that part of it will be important to get people to know it, look it up and say, oh, wow, I can't afford that. But this time next year, when it's nine ninety nine, maybe they can. I'm gonna tell you right now, there's no way it's nine ninety nine in twenty twenty four. Well, whatever, not, fourteen ninety nine, whatever. It is. I don't even know if the second gen version will come out in twenty twenty four. Like the first gen one isn't going to come out until maybe. The That's end right. Of this it year. might not even come out this year. It might not even like the next year. Yeah. So they might still just be on gen one next year, and they'll maybe at the fall introduce the next one. Or whatever. I think it, it's expected to take several more years, as in like five, <laughs> before they have something that resembles a pair of glasses that you are looking through clear lenses and it is superimposing AR stuff. It's going to be this VR headset with a bunch of cameras integrated in it thing for at least a few years, at least a couple generations. And I tell you, if it's got that external display to show everybody what your face is doing. That's going to be the first thing to go out of the cost-reduced version. (laughs) But maybe it doesn't need it by then. Maybe by then people are less weirded out by somebody, people walking around with 
opaque ski goggles on their face. Well, does this headset even have a presence at the Apple Store this year? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. I mean, the, the Mac Pro doesn't. I would not be surprised if there are specific Apple stores, some of the bigger marquee ones, not just the one in every every old mall, but like, you know, a couple dozen Apple stores throughout throughout the world where they're going to have special programs where you can go in and try one out. You'll sign up online or something and you'll go in and you'll get a fi- basically a 15-minute demo, right, to try it on and, and use it and stuff because it is one of those things you really do need to experience. That's a marketing exercise because they're going to sell as many as they're going to manufacture easily. Right. And if they can get I, – I go back to the car. Like It's like test driving a $250,000 Lamborghini that you're never going to buy. <laughs> but, it, but it gets you into the door. It gets that into your head. It gets the experience into your brain. And yeah, yeah for sure, that's, that's going to be an important aspect of it. I don't know if like people are going to walk in and it's going to be a reality headset just sitting next to an iPhone 15 on the table. Like right. put, yeah, I don't think it's going to be that. or something like that. Yeah, no. yeah, and it's going to need a little dedicated eight by eight space where you're not going to walk in, run into people and stuff. You know, it's going to and and there's a person there to help guide you through the experience and stuff. You know, here's how you interact with things and, and everything. Um, it'll probably have some basically guided tour software on there. You know, not they're just not going to put one on your head and say go nuts. <laughs> I wonder if they'll sell it anywhere else but the Apple Store. Like it might just be an Apple, an Apple.com, Apple Store thing. Yeah, at first, I doubt it. At first, it's going to be like you order one from Apple.com and they're gone. Like they're you, you order one and it's like, ooh, mine's. I, I got a good one. It's only coming three months from now. Like it, you'll be excited, but eventually, it's going to be probably like buying Apple Watch and stuff like that. They'll be at the big box stores like Best mm-hmm. Buy and stuff. Like, you know, once they get to cheaper versions of it, we're just like Macs and stuff. We haven't heard anything about how, like, typing would work. Like, say, if you opened the email and wanted to respond to an email, we haven't heard anything on how, like, a keyboard would work, have we? There's two things they're working on. One is, like, a, a floating virtual keyboard. You're swiping or touching screens like like you would type on your, I- your iPhone. But they're working on... And I expect that's going to be the default, what everybody does most of the time. But if you need to type, literally t- moving your fingers like typing on a keyboard, you know, in, in the air, <laughs> and it will know what keys you're trying to hit. Like there's a, they're working on that. It's a, the rumor is it's a little bit janky right now. It's going to feel weird to have no feedback, but literally being able to type on a virtual keyboard. One of the things. You could definitely do though. Uh, I don't know if Apple will incorporate this, but like an easy thing they could do is Bluetooth pair any Apple keyboard because you can see the real world. So you can literally look down and see a real keyboard and type on it and have a Bluetooth keyboard that works with this thing. So they could, they could easily do that, but they're expected to have just typing, air typing, like playing air guitar and, and having it correctly hit the right letters some machine learning there for your what f- people are doing with their fingers and what letters they're intending to hit <laughs> that would be awesome i have low expectations of the accuracy of that kind of thing at least at least initially right it's, it's the kind of problem i think they could eventually solve but you can't be 99% accurate you can't have one out of every 100 keystrokes just be wrong 
you, you frustrate everybody so instantly. It, it seems like there could be a way to incorporate universal control. Like if you were to have a laptop nearby and you're wearing a headset, then you can use the, the laptop keyboard if you needed to. There were there was a report a while back that one of the modes would just be like a like a virtual Mac, like it would just have a be a big giant screen, like like a multi monitor setup in front of your face. And yeah, in that sense, you would use your accessories just like you would on your desk. Yeah, uh, I I certainly expect um, AirPlay to be a thing. Like anything you can AirPlay, you could AirPlay to a virtual screen on the moon or wherever you want to watch it, but just see a virtual screen or multiple virtual screens. But like you said, the the stuff they have now where you put your Mac laptop or your iPad next to your Mac and you just push the cursor off onto the other one and it automatically like now I'm typing on my other computer, you know, that's awesome. I I can see that extended into this. All right. So that $3,000 price has been floated forever. Do you think either of you, this is like an iPad thing? Where everyone expects it to cost th- uh, three thousand, but it's actually going to cost two thousand, and they're going to sell a zillion of them. Or is it really going to cost three thousand dollars? Because the iPad was supposed to be nine ninety nine. Everyone was ready to pay a thousand. It came in at four ninety nine, and they sold ten million of them. Uh, I think there is a decent chance that it is not three thousand dollars, but that it is still like outrageously expensive. Like twenty four ninety nine like or something, twenty seven ninety nine, or even like even nineteen ninety nine. Like asking somebody to pay two grand for. Well, I mean that. Uh, so if it's nineteen ninety nine, that's a that's a that's a MacBook Pro. That's a a really high end loaded iPhone fit fourteen Pro. Like that's not out of the realm of affordability for a lot of people. It's a lot, but that I don't think that would stop them from selling a million of them next year. Three thousand is a different story. That's that's fifty percent more. So I wonder where this thing's priced. I think if it comes in at nineteen ninety nine, they're going to sell a ton of them. <laughs> if it does all the things that it's supposed to do, certainly they don't sell as many MacBooks at all as something like iPhones. And of those, only a small amount are at the like two thousand dollar level. Like clearly, if they want to sell tens of millions of these things, it can't cost that much. I but mean, the Mac start. Pro starts at starts at two thousand. I'm sure they sell a, enough of those. Right, but they sell only, I don't know, 10 million Macs a year and 9 million of those don't cost two grand. Like, like, like they certainly are – MacBook Airs and stuff are by far the most popular. So, uh, so eventually it needs to be less than that. But it would would be exciting. Uh, I think everybody would freak out if they came out here and said it was 1999. We may not even hear the price though at WWDC. Mm -hmm. That would not surprise me at all. Me, me neither. Yeah. Just to be the contrarian, I'm going to say that it's when they do announce the price, it'll be over three thousand dollars. Over three thousand. Like that would thirty-two ninety-nine. Not surprise me. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> something like thirty-two ninety-nine or something like that. Just high enough so people can round it to three thousand, but it will be actually. <laughs> and that's not based on anything. I don't know enough about the components and the technology, right? To, but. It just seems like it's going to be an expensive endeavor to me, just without even really putting some serious thought into what the cost is. So. Everything they describe, or they describe, Apple doesn't even acknowledge it exists. Everything the rumors say about what this thing is, is like, B 
beyond the specs of all the other competing things. But on the other hand, Apple is trying to make a new platform here, like a a new main pillar of the Apple platform. This is expected to be bigger than the Mac. This is expected to be big eventually. So there, there may be one of those things where it's like, well, they, they price it. Apple's pricing has never had much to do with the reality of what something costs. It's always been about like, well, what number sounds good and, and makes us a good hefty profit. Right. What's <laughs> our margin and what can we get away with? Yeah. And it, and even then it's just like nice round numbers that sound good. You know, it's never weird numbers. So. Yeah. But then there's something like the Apple Watch Pro that next to the Apple Watch and all it does actually seems like uh, ultra really good bar. I'm sorry. Yeah. The ultra. ultra. Yeah. yeah. That actually seems like, all right, well that's not so bad. Seven ninety nine ain't bad for everything you're getting over the, the four ninety nine model. Yeah. We expected that to be more expensive every now and then Apple will surprise us. Um, with, with reasonable pricing. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, it, it's really until we know more, until we see this thing and, and they, show it to us. We don't know. We know more, but uh, it sounds like their strategy is not to hone in on one area of it. It's for this. It sounds like their strategy is it does everything. Everything you want it to do. Yeah. It's your, like it's it, your iPhone. You know, it's, it's your, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to, yeah, it's going to do all the things. It's going to have every app. It's going to do all these things. And then over time, they'll see what's popular and what works for people and, and hone in on, a message and stuff, but it would not surprise me if Apple's cheeky tagline was it only does everything or something like that. You know, have they used that one? Would be surprised. I don't know. There'll be, there'll be a lot of reality puns. I can tell you that much. Possibly. Yeah. Your new reality. Yeah. Apple, Apple likes its puns. Yeah. They love their, their little taglines. Taglines got to be four words at the most. Yeah. With the period at the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, punctuate the odd punctuation's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> is a Timothy Chalamet going to be doing ads for? Well, that's why I wonder, there? will there be a celebrity component like so the Apple Watch, the original Apple Watch, you know, I don't think they would do it today, but it, it had that solid gold, that ridiculous solid gold version that was strictly so celebrities could be seen wearing it at like basketball games and concerts. Like that was the only point. No one actually bought those. So I yeah, will there be, uh, uh, like on Instagram or YouTube or whatever? Like like that's that's the crowd, that's the move. So, yeah, it, it's a it's a whole new kind of world here for Apple. And Tim Cook has been pushing this for years. Like this is something he's been interested in for a long, long time, long before even ARK was a thing. He's been talking about it. So, it, it's 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 pretty. Like I said before, it's very exciting. From the standpoint of wow, this is like the first like really new thing Apple's done in a long time, and you know, I, then there's the other part of me that says, well, I can't afford it, so what do I care? Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you can afford version two or maybe version three, you know, mm-hmm. or Apple will be happy to put you on a payment plan. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Apple Pay later. Apple Pay later. I can use my daily cash savings that I've accrued. <laughs> yeah, you better put that money in your uh, high yield savings yeah. right now. Yeah, that's it. You put enough money in there right now. In a few years, it'll pay for itself. <laughs> yeah. 
that does it for this episode of the Macworld Podcast, episode 838. Thanks to Jason Cross. Thank you. Thanks to Michael Simon. Thank you, sir. Thanks to you, the audience. Thank you for tuning in. You can subscribe to the Macworld Podcast and the podcast app on Spotify or through any other podcast app. If you have any comments or questions, send us an email at podcast at macworld.com or contact us through Twitter, that's at Macworld, or on the Macworld Facebook page. Join us in the next episode of the Macworld Podcast as we talk about the latest in the world of Apple. See you next time.